T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tell us about the receipts you are keeping. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, good morning. Man, the days are just rolling by. It is now October 27th, Thursday, October 27th, and uh, here we are on the other side and uh, in the other studio. Just switched studios. I'm in the Carton and Robert studio, left the Boomer and Geo studio. It's something that we do here at 12 o'clock, and I like to let you guys in on, you know, behind the scenes, theater of the mind, what's going on up here at the fan. You've got me till 2. And uh, I'm looking at a bunch of things, but something that I had picked up earlier and I put in my notes, I was reading an article about the Knicks, and I was like, am I seeing things with the Knicks, or is this valid? Like, is this real? Like, they just look like they're moving the ball differently. Their pace is different. They look more fun to watch. Like, their offense looks more fun. It's not stagnant. And I was able to pull some numbers. SB Nation had an article where they had the numbers, and it said um, the Knicks team ranked 26 in the league in points scored per game last season at 106.5. Currently, they're sixth highest in scoring with 119 points per game. It's early, but that's still improvement noted right away, right? And then uh, what other numbers did they have to back that up? The Knicks were a very slow team last season, ranking 27th in pace at 98.4 possessions possessions per game. Now they rank 12th at 1019, 101.9 FM. 101.9 possessions per game. So it's it's the impact that Jalen Brunson has already made on this offense and on the guys around him is evident. There's already numbers to back it up, and those numbers stand to increase as the season goes on. Um, now, one thing differently that I'm seeing between the Nets and the Knicks is competition. The Nets have opened up against all playoff teams. The Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the... Raptors and uh, the Bucks tonight. And they were only able to beat the Raptors, which was like a must-win game, the second game in Brooklyn. And uh, the Knicks lost to the Grizzlies in overtime, but they played them tough, which I thought was a good sign. And then they've gone on to rip off three wins in a row on their home floor against the Pistons, against the Magic, against the Hornets, handling business, right? And we've seen the Knicks lose to those type of teams uh, when they were supposed to handle business and it just unravels on them, but something has changed. What has changed is what you hear everybody saying. The Knicks have a point guard. What? The Knicks have a point guard. The Knicks have a point guard. And who knows? This guy could be here for a long time. He just seems like, I mean, I've known of him. and <laughs> I don't even have to say seems. Even Tibbs is like, this is who he is. Like, you know, reporters are asking about this guy that maybe aren't familiar with him, haven't seen him. Like, this is who he is. He's not going to change. Like, he's not going to turn into something else. What you're seeing is the type of player that he is, and that's why they went to get him and give him the type of money that they gave him because he is that big of a difference maker. But Knicks fans, call me up and tell me what you've seen watching your team from last year to this year. Uh, The bench unit, I think, is going to be tough. I think those guys have grown up a little bit, and they're ready to make an impact. Coming off the bench, you don't take that much of a step back. And uh, I mean, in the NBA, there's a, a big difference when some of these stars sit down and there's no bench. I know that myself watching the Brooklyn Nets. Like 
You need a bench. You need a bench that can hold it down, that can score points and not give up points uh, while your stars are out. And I, I think the Knicks have a pretty good bench unit. So moving the conversation along, 877-337-6666, talking about all sports, all New York sports, Jets, Giants, Knicks, Nets, Yankees, Mets, Rangers, Isles, Devils, uh, call me up. We can talk about all of it. I think this time of the year is the most wonderful time of the year because all the major sports are in motion. There's something going on, right? Um, Even though we don't have Yankees and Mets baseball to react to, we're reacting to whatever they feed us online, whatever stories come up, uh, whether it's the Associated Press with quotes from Hal Steinbrenner today about Aaron Boone, whether it's um, Andy Martino stirring the pot, and saying that at least two players have told their agents it was brutal to play in Yankee Stadium. And, uh, you know, oh, they boo Judge. They boo everybody. This is what you do when, like, the team doesn't play well. You know, a lot of times fans are just booing that third out when you leave runners on. It doesn't matter who's at the plate. And these Yankees know that. So I'm, I'm tired of the excuses. These guys get paid handsomely to deal with boos, right? These guys get paid very well to be able to block that out and do their jobs. And here we are in another October where the Yankees didn't get it done. And Ross kind of alluded to this, and I didn't exactly think about this, but I have now, right? I thought the way the Mets went out was sad. I think the Yankees went out sadder, depending on their standard, right? Or de- depending on how you look at each team and their standard and you know their history. The Yankees got beat again, and they've lost five ALCS in a row. But they've been beat again by the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros have eliminated them four times in the last seven seasons and beat them in the ALCS three times. And now they have quieted all that talk about, oh, they cheated, the trash cans. You can't even say that anymore. You can't even say, oh, well, you know, they had buzzers. That was never proven. What's been proven is the Houston Astros have a standard of excellence that sees them all the way through to the American League Championship and uh, half the time they get to the World Series, more than half the time, and they might win this World Series this year, which if they win in 22, no one can really say anything about their 2017 ring having an asterisk. There will be no asterisk on this one with Dusty Baker. So look where we're at. I I love it. I'm like, you know, everything comes back around to just kind of like punch the Yankees in the face. The Yankees act like there's something, and they get punched in the face. I was listening to uh, the show with... uh, with John Heyman, that podcast, and I was talking last night about Rob Thompson, a guy that was here with the Yankees for years, and he ends up, uh, you know, interviewing for the position that Aaron Boone has, <laughs> and they go with Aaron Boone, right, who had came out of ESPN Sunday Night Baseball television. I guess they were putting, you know, a lot of importance on being able to handle the media, Take a guy out of the media that knows how the media operates. He'll be able to handle the media. And I'll tell you, I don't watch any of those post games. I don't watch any Aaron Boone post games because I already know it's measured, it's calculated. I know what kind of response you're gonna get. Uh, it's for the media. And they passed on a guy like Rob Thompson. I don't think he had a shot, but he had been with the Yankees organization for a long time, learned a bunch under the Yankees organization, and uh, he talked about that on the show podcast. And then he went with Joe Torre, not Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, excuse me, to Philadelphia. And when that happened, I'm like, oh, these guys are trying to be Yankees South. They took a couple different Yankees players from Ronald Torres, David Robertson, Didi Gregorius. I'm like, oh, these guys want to be Yankees South. They signed Bryce Harper. Yankees should have signed Bryce Harper. And now look, they get Girardi out of there. Thompson steps up. He'll be their manager. I think he signed like a two-year deal after this, but he's going to manage them in the World Series. The 2009 World Series with the Yankees defeating the Phillies. The Phillies get back to the World Series before the Yankees do, and they're managed by a guy that was with the Yankees in that 29 or that, that 2009 World Series. It all just comes back around to smack the Yankees in the face. You got to love it. My guy, Jimmy in Jersey City on the fan. Jim, how you doing? KMP, what up, brother? I was wrong about my Yanks, but anyway. Real quick, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Brooklyn, and hey, listen, like you said, you took my thunder with the Knicks, but 
Listen, they played teams where they beat three and eleven, and where the Nets lost to teams that are twelve and three. So, Knicks fans don't get like Mets fans. It's early yet. Keep them getting there. The Nets like the Yankees. We started off slow in the beginning, of the first week or two, and then we took off. So, uh, yeah, it takes time to figure it out, especially in basketball. They got to figure hey, out some things. Hey, Keith, if you get a chance, I uh, think Lawrence Frank, who was, who was the Brooklyn Nets' greatest man, uh, team coach we ever had. If you get a chance, look every look at this year. Every third quarter since Lawrence Frank's tenure till now to the 2022, we get outscored in the third yeah, quarter. They get smoke coming out of halftime. Almost eighty percent of the time, you can bank on it. I should probably it's bet horrible. on it. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about double digits every third quarter because like, they're not making the proper adjustments at halftime, and when they come out, they get their doors blown off. Because a guy like Giannis and the Bucks that have been there before, they know you're not losing the game in the first quarter, in the second quarter, but you can lose it in the second half. And the Nets come out, and it seems like they don't know what to do. Guys are blowing assignments. They're missing shots. It's it's a mess. And like, and like we know, listen, they're, they're a new team this year. I mean, besides Durant and Urban, you know, we should have kept drumming. We need that big guy down below. We need a, we need a enforcer down there. Clashing is too small. Yeah, they, okay, they have to trade for somebody. I'm already on like the that trade guy, deadline. Mitchell Robbins, I like that guy, Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. Like, yeah, the Knicks like, aren't going to trade him to the Nets, but nah, he's nah, been I good. He, he's a, he's a, a force. We need a guy like that. We need a guy like him because we're too weak down there. I mean, guys just have their way with us. Uh, Yankees, Kings, I heard you say they were sad. No, we weren't sad. Remember, we weren't even, we weren't even predicted to get into the playoffs. We weren't even predicted to win our division, Keith. So we overachieved with that. So we weren't sad, and the Mets were sadder. You had a team that won 101 games, 101, were bragging all year long how they were the best team in that league. They were more sad. They got they had three home games on their home turf, and they got bounced out by the. But it's the Mets, Padres. Jimmy. Like, even know, if they're projecting, the even if they're projecting the Mets to be this juggernaut with Max Scherzer and Degrom and all the moves they made in the winter with Escobar and Marte, like they're the Mets. The Yankees' exactly. standard of World Series that they set in their history of World Series, getting swept by the Astros, like, that's a bad look. That's just as sad. But you got to remember, Keith, like I told Sal, you know baseball. I know baseball. Fundamentals. We gave three games away. You take away that Clark Schmidt game. You take away George getting in front of uh, Bader out there, uh, Gary Cole start. Then you take the Gleyber Torres toss at second base. Those are three <laughs> wins you could have had. Those are three wins we could have had. Uh, they didn't, they, they beat us, but they, they weren't that much better than us. Those are three fundamental plays that we beat ourselves with. Yeah, three, and the Astros made plays. them pay every time because they are that much better. I feel like the Astros are miles ahead of the Yankees right now. Well, I, I wouldn't say miles ahead. Listen, like, like, like people, they, they, they do own us right now. They, I'm like, I have no problem saying that they own us. Like the Padres. Padres, what's that mean in Spanish, Keith Padre? Who's your daddies? That's the Mets' daddy. So remember that, Mets fan. You can say Yankee, oh, Houston's our daddy, but Padre is the official word, father, is your daddy. But, but like, see, they got a game off of them, and I know it was the wild card round, but they didn't get swept in the wild card round. Ah, well, well they shouldn't have. You're playing a wild card team. We're playing the best team in the American League. Yeah, arguably the Big best difference. team in baseball. And, and, you, and your star player, $43 million. You got one hitter, you got shut out the last game. You had your $43 million guy choked down the end. Your other guy, DeGrom, got smoked by the Oakland A's. Like, come on, is this what you're looking forward to next year? I told Sal, you got two older guys. Maybe you might get 10 to 15 wins at them. You're going to pay them $90 million. I'll be happy to Yankee where we are, Keith. We'll be fine next year. And listen, like, we got cold. No one expected us to get cold. Cashman will come up with a surprise. Signing this winter, he will do that. You know he will. Yeah, I mean, I, if they I if always, they miss on Judge and they save money on not signing Judge, they better bring in some talent. There better be some uh, bona fide superstars, at least two. Keith, like I said, I don't know how you feel. I'm not after Judge's. He's horrible in the postseason since he's been a Yankee. If they don't sign him, I'm good with that. You know, go get a couple of uh, uh, yeah, players. I, I think that Judge is priority one, but I'm not so set exactly. on you have to sign him, you have to sign him, you have to sign him. The guy might want to go home. And if he ends up being a giant, fine. Then move on and make this team better. There's plenty of holes to fill. There's a lot of holes to fill. Like I told uh, Salary, we, we need third base, Keith. We need shorts out. We need a catcher. Yeah. We need those three. And you you already know, can't... Jimmy, the, the Yankees end up bidding highest for Aaron Judge, and Judge forces it to be a nine-year deal. We'll get probably four good years out of him. Then he'll be 35, and he'll start breaking down, and then everybody will be calling WFAN like, told you that was a stupid deal. The Yankees (laughs) went away from making those big moves, but they had to pay Judge, and now he's not the same.
listen, like you said, I'm fine with giving him up and chasing a guy like maybe, uh, I don't know, Seager or whatever we want for shortstop or maybe have him play third or trying to chase Otani or Soto again. That's if you want to go yeah, that route. Yeah, I, I, I uh, feel like they got to go back to buying players. That's how they won in 2009. They bought players. And and they and they I went away from that and it's not working. They don't know how to develop players, so go buy them. You're right. I think they. Well, I think Cashman and and Hal do know that they don't want to be embarrassed this year by Mr. Guy across the way. So I think they'll pull a full rabbit out. I think we'll pull a few rabbits out of our hats and we'll be all right. Kid, we'll get a few good signs and we're gonna probably a couple weeks to wait for that. Yep. Yep. All right, my brother. That's all I got for you now, my man, Keek. Hey, oh, yo, real quick, Keek. That kid kind of green, man. They got to get that kid. Intelligent, articulate, spoken. He did a show one night. I don't, I don't know why I haven't heard from him lately, but uh, he's a good kid. That guy. Yeah, Connor's the man. Uh, and I meant to tell him. I mean, I'm not on with him a lot, but uh, whenever he's producing for me, the mic is open. Um, I, I have to tell him to speak up more when he's on with me. Connor's great. Yeah, he is a good kid, but you keep you keep, uh, keep giving him some lessons there. All right, my man Keith. I'll talk to you later, my brother. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. <laughs> a few interesting things there. You know, you've heard Jimmy call. And Jimmy is a Yankees fan that the whole time was saying, we'll be all right, we'll be fine, and he's still on that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a Yankees fan, I said I didn't fear anything going into this postseason. But the one thing I did fear, or the one thing I didn't want, was to be bounced by the Astros again and be embarrassed by the Astros. Like I wanted them to compete with the Astros. I thought they would be able to get to six games, seven games. But, of course, they found they found the most embarrassing way to go out, right? You have the Astros sweep you and celebrate on your field, and that's something that I just didn't even have in my mind. Like, oh, they actually might get swept, and we actually might see Alex Bregman and Jeremy Pena and these guys getting interviewed in the Bronx and being crowned as the American League champions, celebrating going back to another World Series with their fans, a good amount of them in Yankee Stadium, and that's burned into my memory forever. And to me, I think that's just as sad of a way to go out as the New York Yankees as it was for the Mets to go out with the whole Joe Musgrove thing and uh, the theatrics of Buck coming out and challenging that and then you know, like picking up Lindor's bat and then the fans chanting, cheater, cheater, and the guy didn't get caught cheating and... Uh, you know, losing in the wild card round after you win 101 games, that's embarrassing. But for the Yankees and their standard and what they preach, you know, I went and pulled up some receipts on Twitter today, at Keith McPherson on Twitter. If you can't get through on the line and you want to say something, uh, if you want to relay something, at Keith McPherson on Twitter, send it to me. But I went and dug up some stuff from the Yankees. I had a show back in spring training, and I think it was before I went down to spring training, but I just kept hearing in the first week of spring training, yeah, it's all about winning a World Series. You know, the goal is to win a World Series. Yeah, we want to bring a championship back to New York. Yeah, we got a bunch of guys, a bunch of talent, and we're focused on winning another World Series. And that frustrated me. That made me mad. Oh, you haven't sniffed the World Series. Why is there all this talk of a World Series in early March? Enough already. We know that that's the goal. We know that that's the standard. Duh. This is a 27-time New York Yankees. Why do all of these guys have to get in front of a camera and say it? It's almost like they're coached to say it. And now, looking at another failed uh, another failed season where you don't make the World Series, I look at the Yankees like, why is that always in their mouths? You don't hear the Angels or the White Sox or the Diamondbacks, who also have one World Series in the last 20 so or, or so years. You don't hear... Their team talking about, yeah, we, we got to get to the World Series. We got to win a World Series. We got to bring a title back to the city. And I said today on Twitter, I'm like, oh, the Yankees, what they do is live off their history, preach World Series, tell their players it's all about winning the World Series, and then they will pass on free agents like Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Justin Verlander, there's a long list now. Even this past winter, Carlos Correa, add him to the list. Really, for me, I wanted either Trevor Story or Corey Seager, but they will pass on free agents, right? This is the Yankee model. This is the new Yankee strategy. This is the new Yankee way. Live off their history, right? The prestigious Yankees. Bum, bum, ba, 
the 27-time. Hey, Yankee fans, come out to Yankee Stadium and celebrate Paul O'Neill Day, Derek Jeter Night. They will live off of that stuff. And then the current Yankees, they will tell them it's World Series or nothing. It's World Series or failure. And then they'll field a competitive team. They'll spend enough money where they have a high payroll, but they'll pass on the top free agents that could actually propel you to a World Series like a Bryce Harper. They'll pass on those guys, and then when they come up short, they won't be talking about World Series and how much of a failure it is. They'll start pointing to other things. Oh, well, this guy was hurt. Oh, well, if we didn't have this go this way. Oh, well, we end up, it took eight days to play the ALDS, and then we rolled right into the new playoff format, you know, with the rain. Oh, blame it on the rain. And You know, uh, Aaron Boone, he, they'll tell you Aaron Boone is a good manager, even though you sat there in your house and watched the decisions that he made in this postseason. They're going to tell you that, no, there's no need to make a change there. Because he's an extension of them. He did what they wanted him to do. And so now these current Yankees, who haven't been to a World Series since 2009, and that's the World Series that they bought, and now over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, they they talk about their analytics and developing homegrown talent and hugging prospects and not going after the big free agent, right? Not going out and always signing the best players every offseason. They sell you on that as if that is going to get it done, and it's not working. It's not getting it done. So I don't want to hear New York Yankees players, whether it's Aaron Judge or IKF, because I heard both of them in spring training talk about World Series. I don't want to hear it. We know that. As fans, we know that's your goal. As fans, we we know that. That's our goal as fans. That's why we signed up for this. We didn't sign up to get swept in the ALDS. We didn't sign up to get, get bounced in the wild card round. If you look at the last two years for the New York Yankees, Man, your your two rivals, the Astros, you got swept in the ALCS. And the year before, you got bounced in the wild card by the Red Sox. Like, that's shameful. But they don't look at it as shameful. They don't, they're don't. they not embarrassed. They look at it as, hey, attendance was up. We, we made a lot of money this year because they put a competitive team on the field for X amount of months that made you believe, made you think World Series, made you think they were good enough, even got a magical Aaron Judge 62 seat, like, Think about all the people that showed up to stand there and, oh, Judge, hit it, hit the home run. Think about all those folks that did that. That had nothing to do with October. There's a ton of people that went to see Judge chase history. They weren't back in October. The diehard fans, I've told you, in my opinion, make up 25%, maybe 30% of that crowd. The rest are casuals. The rest are there for the first time. The rest are tourists. The rest don't care about the Yankees. They brother their, their borrowed their brother's jersey to show up. And uh, we are currently living in this Yankee era, which is like a new dark era. It's it's not dark because they win 99 games, 100 games. They won a division this year. But it's a dark era because they're still living off their history and they're not able to get back to the World Series. And since they win enough, they're never going to tear it down. They're, they're never going to rebuild. They're never going to change the voices. They're not getting rid of Cashman. They're not getting rid of Boone. And now we're here in New York where you're looking around and you're saying, ah, well, the Giants got a new GM and a new head coach, and it worked. Maybe, you know, it was a time, It was definitely time for them to get a different voice and make a change and, and change their culture. It worked. The Jets, okay, the Jets got a new GM a couple years back, got Rob Sala, and now it's starting to come to fruition. Now it's starting to come together. They're winning games. Oh, it was time for them. But those teams lose so many games that, like, it's justified. The Yankees live in their own universe. The Yankees do not have anything in their minds to justify making radical changes. Fans, we see that because we want to go to the World Series. We want to go back to the World Series. We want to win. This young crop of Yankees fans, they didn't They didn't see the three-peat. They didn't see the, those early years. They, that, they, didn't, they missed it. So they want that to... Happen again, they want to have their own, but like here's news for you, young guys and everyone listening. Like in baseball now, there will never be another dynasty like we saw the Yankees win three in a row. There's too much parody, which is good. You know, it's better to me than the NFL or the NBA where we saw Tom Brady go to the Super Bowl every year or LeBron go to the finals every year versus the Warriors. Like in baseball, we don't know. If 
if someone would have told me to pick the Phillies, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked the Phillies as a World Series team this year at, at pro- probably any point of the year, even stepping in to October. I was sure that St. Louis was going to handle them. So what I'm basically saying is the Yankees are going to keep doing what they're doing, and you're seeing other teams in New York, even with the Knicks. The Knicks look different, and the Knicks made some changes in their front office, and they definitely made some changes with their players and personnel, but like now they're getting the results. It took a couple years, but now they're getting the results that you want. They look like a competitive team that can challenge. But the Yankees, they don't answer to anyone. The Yankees make their own rules. They live in their own universe, and as long as they're winning, as long as business is booming, as long as there's still 40,000-plus showing up to probably 40 games a year, they're good. They're good. In their opinion, they're going to tell you, or in their mind, they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, you know, this didn't work out, injuries, and this, and this, and that. they have a bunch of built-in excuses already. And they're never going to have a season where they where they win 80 games. So there's never going to be a chance for them to blow it up, for them to change. How Steinbrenner's not going anywhere. The Steinbrenners will always own the Yankees. Brian Cashman is 55 years old. He's probably the GM uh, until he's 65 and wants to retire. And Aaron Boone, they love Aaron Boone because he played for the Yankees. He hit one mega home run, and he was a media guy. He's a lifetime baseball guy. His, his The pedigree of his family, you know, you might see his decisions. You might see his lineups. Like, why are we changing the lineup every game in the American League Championship? How many people, like, who does that? How many people really believe the Yankees are going to win playing these rookies at shortstop, throwing IKF back in there, like, I made a joke online. I'm like, the Yankees are putting together lineups like fans put together nine-leg parlays every day hoping they'll hit. Well, here goes nothing. Let me put five bucks on this. Hope it turns into a 1,000. It's not. It's not going to work. I could go on, but let's get to the phones. Actually, I think I probably got to break it down. It's about to be 1230. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up, man. 877-337-6666. I've got about 90 minutes. Salicata just walked in. We've got plenty of sports to talk about. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Knicks win, the Islanders win, the Nets lose, the Yankees are losing, even though they're done playing, they're taking out still. Keith McPherson on the fan, talking sports, obviously, that's what we do here, 1019 FM, thanks for rocking with us, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're working, if you're home chilling, if you're just driving somewhere, keep it locked with us, stay right here, we've got plenty of calls to take. And uh, plenty of things to talk about. And, I mean, I think I've hit on the Knicks a good amount. The Nets, I mean, I don't really know what to say about the Nets right now. I think it's something they are trying to figure out. I think they're getting a little frustrated. Uh, Kyrie had some quotes in the uh, post game about Ben Simmons. Like, they're already getting tired of being asked about Ben Simmons. I get it. It's getting frustrating. Uh, he had some expletives, and uh, I'll let you look that up. KD, also with, with Nick Friedel, there's been this back and forth. Nick Friedel 
covers the Nets for ESPN. He was like the main one stirring the pot with Kyrie and the vaccine last year. Now it seems like he's just all on Ben Simmons. So they're trying to figure it out with the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets will come home back to back. They got to handle Luka and the Mavericks now. And the Knicks will have a real test against Giannis and the Bucks. I hope they beat them. I hate the Bucs. Giannis is like my least favorite player. I just feel like he's so overhyped. I feel like he's officiated differently. And the NBA just like, he's their darling. Because he's international, the Greek freak. Uh, he's corny to me, though. Like, they, you know, his dad jokes and the things he talks about in the post game. They try and make him this like lovable teddy bear type of guy. Then you see him on the court and he's a bull. He's running into people. Uh, I think he's a dirty player, and I don't care if people don't agree with that. I, I've seen enough from his style of play, and basketball is a game of finesse. It's a game of spacing. It's a game of, like, you know, precision. you got to be precise and smooth, and, like, this dude is not that. In the first half of this game, he was garbage. He was airballing shots. Uh, his, his shot selection was off. The Nets held him to nine points, but, hey, in that second half, he— he realized, oh, I, they don't have a big. They don't really have, like, they have Dayron Sharp and Nick Claxton. I can just go to the hole. I can just bully ball my way to the hoop. They're not going to call any fouls on me. There's no charges on me. I'm Giannis. It's only going to be blocking fouls and whatever. Nets lose again to the Bucks. It's not a rivalry when one side always wins. Uh, the Rangers-Isles rivalry. The Isles get the best of the Rangers tonight, beat them 3-0. Rangers fans are questioning what's going on a little bit in this early on because they've lost four in a row, but it is early. It's early until it's not. We know when it's not early anymore. And it's not early anymore for the Jets or Giants. I think if you look at both Jets and Giants teams, you can say they have enough quality wins. They've shown you enough that you can feel confident in them winning more games, right, and they're not bottoming out. But I'll tell you this, it is going to get challenging. Injuries have happened. Trade deadline is approaching. I think both still have some moves they can make, but I'll say this about the Jets and the Giants. Adversity is going to hit, and now they're about to be tested. How will they respond to adversity? The Giants are three-point underdogs. Like, no one believes in the Giants. They're three-point under underdogs going out to Seattle to face the Seahawks, and I get that, uh, you know, the 12th man is tough, and Geno's been playing well, and this Kenneth Walker to the third has emerged, but... Can't count the Giants out, just coaching-wise. Pete Carroll's a great coach. I think Brian Dable is a great coach, too. So we'll see what happens with Daniel Jones, Offensive Player of the Week. I need him to ball out for my fantasy squad. My fantasy teams are about to be cooked. This has been a weird year in fantasy. There's a lot of injuries, a lot of guys that are supposed to be ballers, supposed to be point scorers, and they're just not. I think I have one good fantasy team. I think even in, my, in the WFAN League, I inherited a team, and the team sucks. It's like... I don't know, I inherited, like, Mark Andrews. He hasn't balled out. I inherited Nick Chubb. He's probably been my best player. But I have, like, a 3-4 and four team in the WFAN League. Not a good first showing for me. But I need Daniel Jones to get points in place of Justin Herbert. I think he will. And on the Jets side, they make that trade for James Robinson. I hope he just goes and gets it. I hope he's an immediate impact. He is not going to be Brees Hall, folks. So if anyone's thinking he's going to come in and replace Brees Hall, he's not. But now you have the one-two punch with him and Carter, and he's a guy that always has something to prove. He's an undrafted free agent. He wasn't getting the touches he wanted last year under Urban Meyer. That continued this year because ETN is healthy. So the Jets make the move to bring him here. He is a home run hitter. I've seen him rip some long runs. I've seen him get in the open field. He had the Achilles injury, so you're hoping he's still got that second gear to go. Uh, the Jets, they're going to face the Patriots, and you can't, you can't ever count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They're all coaching. And obviously, Mac Jones was benched. But from what I read online, I think they're going to start Mac Jones. He took like 90% of the first team reps. And if he struggles, they'll go to Bailey Zappi. But the Patriots are coming to New Jersey to face the Jets. The Jets want revenge because the Patriots have embarrassed them for years. They embarrassed them last year. And now the Jets have some talent. They've been winning games. I need Zach Wilson to have a good game. I was at the game last year, which was the opener. It was Zach Wilson against the Patriots, and I think his first three attempts were interceptions. 
it was it was like something I'd never seen before. And after that third one, people started hitting the door. So, Zach Wilson, you got to have a big redemption bounce-back game at home against the Patriots. Make some plays, bro. Make some plays. And uh, the Giants aren't favored. Or the Jets aren't favored. The Giants aren't favored. The Giants are plus three. The Jets are plus two and a half. Pretty much like the same. And I think they both have a good shot at winning. But it's it's a test. They're going to be tested. The Giants like to hang around and win it late. It's going to be tough to do that in Seattle with the 12th man. And like I said, Geno Smith, former uh, Giants QB, he's going to have something to prove against his former team. He's been slinging it. And uh, they're going to miss DK Metcalf for sure. The Giants can beat them. And with the Jets and the Patriots, the Patriots just got beat by the Bears. And Mac Jones, I don't know about him anymore. He might not be uh, the guy that they thought he was. And then he also might have Bailey Zappi in the back of his head. The Jets got to go out there, run the football, but it can't just be the run game. Zach Wilson's got to complete passes. He's got to make some plays. He's got to improvise and uh, go off script and have a big play or two this weekend against the Patriots. Or the Patriots, you know, they'll just line up and Bill Belichick will have a scheme to stop the run and force you to pass. And if Zach Wilson can't do it, then they're not going to be able to beat the Patriots. The Patriots will just run the football with Stevenson and uh, Mac Jones. Now his second week back, I'm sure he's going to be out to prove that he's the starter, he's the guy, and he's going to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. So good football coming up. Good football coming up, good basketball coming up, good hockey coming up, and baseball is on the back burner until February, or really until the World Series ends. And I'm sure we'll be talking about the World Series too. Let's get back to the phones, though. Who do we got here and where do I want to go? Let's go to Bruce out in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, Bruce? How you doing tonight, Keith? That was an excellent uh, analysis of the Yankees you gave, by the way. I thought you really hit the nail on the head. But I called to talk about Daniel Jones. I'm really happy that uh, about Daniel Jones, offensive player of the week, because, you know, I agree with the earlier caller. If Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones changed places, Jalen Hurts would be in the same boat as Daniel Jones. Because Daniel Jones had nobody. Right. The offensive line was horrible. Aside from maybe Sterling Shepard, the receivers were just not that great. And Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, was injured most of the time. So he was pretty much out there by himself. I know he made mistakes, but he was, he was, I always felt that he had a very strong will to win. And I thought he was very focused. And I always, I always kind of like Daniel Jones, and I'm really, really glad that he's finally on. You know, the coaching staff he was under was terrible too. Yeah. So I'm glad his situation's finally working out, and I hope they they'd be crazy if they didn't sign him. You know, he is the Giants' quarterback. I think. I'm glad you said you know you like him and uh, you're giving him credit now because it seemed like this kid just got killed coming in, right? I, and I think it started with the fact that he was drafted six overall, and people were like, that's too high to take this guy. So right away, they're like, oh, he's going to be a bust. That was a bad pick. But he's always been a competitor. He's a Duke guy. You know he's a smart guy. And right now he's playing for his NFL career. Right now he's playing for his NFL life, and he's running when he needs to run, and he's making throws. They don't want to give him credit for the throws that he is making. And if he had better receivers, some game breakers, some guys that could do more once they get the ball in his hand, in their hands, and they're dropping passes. Like Daniel Jones is not the problem. But I feel like, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL, it's easy to look at the quarterback and say, oh, he's turning the ball over. Oh, he's injury prone. They're not winning because he's not good enough. If he was on the Eagles right now with, with the talent that they have on that Eagles team, I think the Eagles would still be undefeated. And Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, but it isn't like he wows you with his arm. He can do some stuff with his legs, but I thought that was great. Joe uh, made that comparison with those two guys. I'm I'm excited to yeah. see the Eagles and Giants play, and I think they don't play oh. until late in the year. Yeah, Dory uh, Jackson against AJ Brown. That'll be a good uh, matchup. Yeah, two Penn play, State uh, running backs, Miles Sanders versus Saquon Barkley. Uh, they you know they just got Robert Quinn today, and I read another rumor that they're trying to trade for Alvin Kamara. Uh, Howie Roseman, they're they're going all in. <laughs> Philadelphia sees what the Phillies have done, and uh, they want they want to win a World Series, and they want the undefeated Eagles to follow up and win the Super Bowl. They want to just burn their entire city down. Go for it. 
Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, a lot of people thought it was a mistake to draft Saquon Barkley, too. I remember when they drafted him, yep. a lot of people on the fan were saying, oh, a mistake. You never can't, can't draft, draft a running back, back that high. Right, right, yeah. I was so glad. I mean, Saquon Barkley, he does remind me of Barry Sanders. He's, he's a real He's generational. There's not that many running backs that have his burst, have his strength, and have his speed. And, uh, you know, it sucks that he had the injuries that he had. But if he didn't have some of those injuries, I think he would have had, you know, multiple seasons that were impressive for a running back coming into the league. He already has had impressive seasons and impressive plays. He's a home run hitter. That's the biggest thing I say about him. Like, this guy, if you give him some grass, he's out of there. So, you know, and at that time, coming out of Penn State, we hadn't seen a running back come out like that. Like, you know, I guess before him they were saying Ezekiel Elliott. And then when you look at him and Ezekiel Elliott now, Ezekiel Elliott's hurt again. He's about to miss this week. I've compared those two. I'm like, who would you rather have, Ezekiel Elliott, who the Cowboys took at four, or Saquon, who they took at two? Saquon is is going to, uh, I think, in my opinion, have a longer career, and he still has that burst. I think he's a better back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think he's I think he's out of this world, Saquon Barkley, so I'm not really the person to uh, make comparisons. But did you say the Giants were interested in Alvin Kamara? The Eagles. The Eagles. I mean, oh, the, the, Gi- Eagles. the Giants, like, I, in their situation, they should be trying to make trades. But, I mean, like, I don't know if they can go get guys like Alvin Kamara or whatever. Like, they should be trying to, you know, bolster this team because they're 6-1. and one. But I, I haven't heard too many rumors about who they're looking for. Obviously, people think they they should be looking for receivers. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles, I could just tell, they're already stacked and they're going all in. When I saw that they got Robert Quinn, I'm like, these guys won't stop. And then the other rumor about yeah. Alvin Kamara, I'm like, they're going, they want to win another Super Bowl. They're 6-0. and They're smelling it. They, they've got the energy of the Phillies getting back to the World Series. I hate Philadelphia, but I got to respect that, like, they have a good football team. A good baseball team. Hopefully, the Sixers just crap out. They lost again. They're one and four. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I kind of hate Philly too. I always have as a Giant fan, and uh, well, you know, forget about the past. Whatever injuries, whatever. The future is now. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, and uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way things are going right now. Thanks for the call, Bruce. Things are going good for the Giants fans. G-Men fans out there got to be happy that your season is here. And um, I, I just keep looking at the Giants and the Mara family, and I think about when I came into WFAN, my first show was when they fired Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett is the guy I used to work out with his dad in Monmouth Beach right on Ocean Ave, uh, like across the street from the Monmouth Beach Club. They have a big yard. And when I was coming up, we would go there and throw. And some of the, like, top kids from Long Branch and Rumson, like Shore Conference, uh, Shore Regional, Ocean, whatever, we would all go there and run routes and throw. And Jason Garrett popped up a couple times. And, you know, he's got a football family and a New Jersey football family. And when the Cowboys kicked him to the curb, I was surprised that the Giants took him on. And then when I come into WFAN, I'm like, universe never unconnects. This guy I met a long time ago, worked out with him and his family, Rest in peace to his dad. I'm like, my first show is the night that he gets fired. And I said, that's not enough. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know they fired this guy to kind of throw him to the wolves, you know, give uh, the fans their pound of flesh, but that's not enough. I'm like, Joe Judge's got to go. And the Giants told everyone that they, you know, were going to keep him. Like, they planned to retain him and give him another year, right? Like, you know, we moved on from McAdoo and Shermer. We're, we're going to see it through with this guy. And, Giants fans stood up and said, why? Why? We, no, we, we don't need to see anymore. We've heard enough. We've seen enough. This isn't the guy. He's running QB sneaks in uh, you know, our, our own territories. Guys, rah-rah, and you know, he's saying all these different things in the media, but they're not showing up on the field. It, it, it's, it's not it. And Giants fans demanded that they get football people. And I think the demand of the fans was so loud the Maris had no choice. They were losing, and they didn't want to lose the fan base. The Giants fans are one of the greatest fan bases in all of sports. New York fans in general, right? So when you hear the fans forcing your hand, all right, we wanted to retain Judge because we didn't want to really want to do the work, but okay, we're going out and we're getting Joe Shane, and, and Shane says, 
hey, this guy, Brian Dable, is the guy. That's the guy I want to work with. That's the guy that should be the head coach. And I honestly think they hit the jackpot. The Giants have two of the best guys that they could have put together in football as far as having a GM perfectly in sync with his head coach. And they're going to work in unison. And look what they've already gone. Like, they've already gone to work and made this team 6-1, and one, and they're supposed to be in a rebuild. So what do they stand to do in the next five years, ten years? And I just keep looking at that, and I'm thinking that's that's what's never going to happen with the Yankees. It's never going to happen with the Yankees because the Yankees will win enough regular season games, uh, win the division, and get to the postseason enough that they will always have the the built-in excuse of, oh, well, we did this, and we did that, and we did this. And, yeah, we used to win World Series, but, you know, we tell our our – Fans and our team, it's World Series, World Series, World Series, but they'll have enough excuses built in where they'll never have to actually listen to the fans. You know, I'm hearing all this like, will the outside noise impact Hal Steinbrenner's decision? Hell no. It's the first thing I did. The first show that I had Monday coming off of them being swept Sunday, I'm like, I don't know. You, If you expect anything to change, you're not paying attention. If you expect anything to change... I don't know if you're a Yankees fan or, like, or how much you're paying attention to these guys. They they don't measure success off of making it to the World Series. They have excuses. They think that October's a crapshoot. Their success is in the business. How is a businessman? Sure, he'd like to win, but he takes W's in the attendance. He takes W's in how many chicken buckets are sold. You hear that narrative all the time, but it's true. Because if it wasn't true, they would have already changed some things. They are they would have already put some different guys in there, some different voices in there. They would have gone away from Cashman at some point. They would have gone away from Aaron Boone when they had the opportunity. Like, And they're just going to double down on it, folks. So you just saw Aaron Boone get read up. His contract was over. He had a four-year contract. It was over. They could have at least opened up the search. They didn't want to do it. After an up-and-down season where they limped into the postseason and their arch rivals bounced them. They didn't want to do it. So Boone comes back with three years and an option for four. And this year, they go out in an embarrassing way. They get swept, and there was a bunch of questionable decisions. Why would the manager do this? Why would you take Garrett Cole out, your best pitcher, in a do-or-die situation? Why would you go to Clark Schmidt, a kid that pitched mostly in AAA this year? Why would you keep changing your shortstops, changing your lineups? Aaron Judge was your leadoff hitter. Okay, we know he's not a leadoff hitter, but he was your leadoff hitter. Now you're going to try and make Glaber Torres your leadoff hitter? Glaber doesn't have it. Bader has it, but now he's being asked to be the leadoff hitter, and he doesn't even know. <laughs> the, the Yankees will never have to make a move like the Maras did, and I bet you if you ask the Maras, they are super happy, more than happy, that they did listen to the fans, that they did make a change because they hit the jackpot bringing in new voices and changing the culture. Nick is in South Brunswick, New Jersey, next up on the fan. Hey, what's up, Keith? How you doing, man? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling up. I'm good. What you got? Uh, not much, man. I have a couple points to make. I, I ran into you on the Derek Jeter uh, Hall of Fame game. Uh, we both walked in together. I don't know if you remember. Um. I'm but, trying to think back. I think I do remember uh, you saying, what's up? We were kind of by, uh, like, the Ford Club and where that stand is where they sell the Yankees magazines. 100 yeah, level. Yeah, like, literally, once, once you walk in, you were going up to the press box. I was going to my section, 230. Yeah, I think that, yep, uh, I remember. And we we wanted to just catch the, the Jeter ceremony, you know what I mean? But, yeah, that was a great night um, until Aaron Hicks dropped the ball, and uh, you know what else happened. Yeah, I mean... He dropped two balls. It dropped the first one on the line, and then the second one that was hit right to him on the on the uh, against the wall. Yeah, that was yeah. a bad day. They took him out. Thought it was right foul. The they had to take him day. out. Frankie Montas is shaking up because before first pitch, he meets Derek Jeter, has to shake his hand. Yeah. Yes, sir. They boost. They boost Steinbrenner, and Jeter's like, "Trust me, you shouldn't be booing." <laughs> I resurfaced <laughs> that clip today because people were talking about booze. I'm like, hey, everybody gets booed. Hal Steinbrenner walked out with a check for charity, a $200,000 check to give to Derek Jeter as soon as he stepped out on that field. The fans, Mm -hmm. boo, boo. I mean, I get it. You know, it's uh, these are trying times. We we won the pennant, but this is probably one of the wildest 
off-seasons that the Yankees are ever going to face. Um, we're, we're talking judge a free agent. We're talking Chapman no longer on the team. We don't have a closer. Yeah, we didn't we're have talk- one in the last couple of years. I'm glad. I, I can't wait till his money comes off the books, but we still don't have you a know, closer. Clay Holmes... I don't know if he's going to be the guy. We don't know what he's going to be. They the guy he was in the first half of the season isn't the guy he he you know right. Ended so up that that so. leads you to believe he can't consistently do it like a closer should. Yep. No, it maybe no the, judge, leads, maybe no closer. It leads me to believe we we're in the market for a closer. Yeah. We're in the market for a closer. We're in the market for a shortstop. Um, and quite frankly, DJ's old. You know, so we're. In the mm-hmm. market for a third baseman as well. He's supposed to be playing um, second. They need to get Glaber Torres out of here and get something for Glaber Torres and put him at second. Uh, but, yeah, he is old. He's starting to break down. Back-to-back years, he had injuries that made him miss the postseason. That's a guy that they signed two years ago for a six-year, $90 million contract. It's tough. And, and and if we would have had him in the playoffs, I think it would have been a different story. If we would have had him in Benintendi, I think we would have been a little bit more competitive. Sure. I really firmly believe that just because Donaldson – he wasn't the guy that, that Cashman signed or thought he was signing. Um, with that said, I feel uh, we're going to bring we're going to bring Cashman back. We're going to bring Boone back, but it's really it, it's really this season, this off season, rather like what we do that will really make the fans like you and I, you know, the ones born in the in the early '90s, late '80s the ones that have really seen the dynasty that'll bring us back because at some point Yankee fans are going to say, all right, they want to win 99 games, a hundred games. They're looking at it as a business. Their balance sheet is on point. And us as fans, we're thirsty. At some point, you know, they got to tip the scale and put it towards our side, but I don't know if they will do that. I think they will sign judge. Um, I hope we, you know, no one knows that Edwin Diaz is a, is a free agent. No, everyone knows Edwin Diaz is a free agent. I would, I would grab him, bro. I would grab him and tell him the Trump is the Mets, be in the, every, the Mets, every the Mets. bottom of the ninth inning. After all of the Mets did for the narco thing and the hype of Edwin Diaz, I think he's priority number one or two. Thanks for the call, Nick. We got to break it down. Time to go to the update and all that. Keith McPherson on the fan. I got about an hour left. 877-337-6666. BRB. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.